Hello, Taz. Uh, <laughs> hey, I guess we're doing this today. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do this today. You up for it? Yeah, I guess so. I, I've got a, I've got, um, uh, yeah, no, we're good. We're good. We're good. We'll go quick. I just want your perspective. All right, everybody, this is David Levy, Pep Product Innovations. Um, your brand solve real life problems. So let's talk about the real life problems that are happening in the pet industry. You uh, are totally, I mean, you know the side, you know, private yep. equity, you know, yep. distribution, you know, liquidation. Yep. What's happening with independent pet partners? What's going well, on? I guess, I guess a couple of disclaimers right up front, right? So uh, one, I know no specifics about IPP and or um, I think the other one you had mentioned earlier about this conversation with Healthy Spot. So yeah. full disclaimer to your listeners, I have no inside knowledge. I don't know any of the inner workings and or what transpired for these things to happen. So that being said, I'm just going to make comments based on what I think is going on in the pet space as it pertains to the rest of the world in the U.S. economy. Um, yeah. So it very well could be the pressures that we are feeling in the pet space where we've never felt it before because all the other times that this our economy in the U.S. has been hurt. Now, I'll go back to 2008 when I was a distributor and I owned Zeus and Company um, with three different operations, uh, Illinois, Minnesota, and California. We did not get affected by that crash in 2008. We were still up year over year, no issues. But that hit that part of the economy or we had that slowdown in 2008 not everything went up. We had the crash of the real estate market, those that were upside down on their homes, their condos, uh, those that may have invested in real estate were the ones that got hurt. Everyone else slightly got hurt, but not everything was going up at the time. Today, we have in the pet space, we have raw ingredients are going up, right? Uh, let's talk about chicken proteins. We've killed between chickens and turkeys, we have killed millions upon millions of chickens and turkeys because of avian flu, because of other, other factors. Um, we, so those costs, if we're using chicken as a protein, those have gone up. The cost to raise those chickens for slaughter to end up in the pet space has gone up. The oils, gases to heat those facilities have gone up. The employment costs have gone up. And every other cost has gone up. So today, what I'm, what I think is happening is consumers in the pet space who've been willing to spend $109, $110 a bag for a high-end pet food are saying, you know what, everything else is going up and I've got some real choices to make. Um, and I think that's what's hit us today is the entire economy is hurting everyone across the board. Um, and as far as the consolidation in the pet space, as we've seen over the last few years with acquisitions and distribution, acquisitions in manufacturers, acquisitions in um, retail store chains, I think there may have been prior to COVID, this activity of acquisition and open fast, occupy real estate, so you are not worrying about a competitor coming into a certain location. 
maybe retailers paid up for that opportunity and maybe they overspent. Um, so I would have to say, in my opinion, again, no inside knowledge on any of these things going on. My opinion is really based on, I, I would say, just what I'm seeing in the space and the economy. So um, independent pet partners put part of the blame on uh, DCM first, and then obviously COVID hit. Sure. Then DCM came into play. That was a fiasco. Where was the leadership? In their short-term perspective, forgetting where you don't know what they were thinking, obviously, David, but short-term perspective, long-term perspective, they continued to buy out retailers and expand their retail profile. If you see that's a problem, especially with TPG, who has Petco in their portfolio, what's the thought? I mean, is it about ego or is it really about what do we do in the pet industry? What are we looking at? Now, I How do we look at it. Yeah, I, I don't know that if you're coming from a business perspective and you're either opening or acquiring large amounts of stores um, compared to everyone else in the pet space, right? There are people that have one to five stores, one to seven stores. That's different than starting to get into 20, 30, 200 stores. Um, I don't, I would have to say, I would guess that it's not about ego but looking at opportunity for acquisition, opportunity for that real estate. Again, I'm going back to that statement, not really knowing that um, obviously COVID was gonna happen, DCM was gonna happen, um, you know, but to say COVID happened, there was PPP. Um, I have no idea whether or not either company took any or if they were able to take advantage of that. The pet industry was also deemed essential during that time period. So um, we were open, we were up and running. Um, I knew there were employee issues. And I heard that a lot. Employees didn't wanna to come to work because they were getting paid to stay at home. So that very well could have you know, um, had issues. There was also supply chain issues, right? During that time, because you know, it's it's that domino effect, right? If manufacturers can't get ingredients, product can't be made, shortages. So I don't think it's ego, Taz. I mean, again, my opinion, I don't think it was ego. I think they looked at it based on long-term investment and not a short-term investment. Um, and then they just got caught short. Um, yeah, I could see it being deemed essential. It's a long-term outlook. When you correct. do something like that essential, like any food product, you know, you definitely want to have a better long-term outlook. What happens? We know what's going on now. We already know what's going on. So what happens to the unsecured creditors? You know, how does, uh, how does this impact price points, new brand onboarding for those distributors like ADMC, Pet Food Experts, Supreme Pet? You know, it's got to impact them badly. How does yeah, this and again, yeah, right. And again, no insider information on pet food expert, ADMC, and or um, and or um, Supreme. Um, I would hope they had insurance to cover some of their receivables um, if they were able to obtain it. If they do it, or they self-insure themselves based on the revenue numbers that they have, and they can take a certain amount of a hit. 
um, the um, if it were me and I still was in the distribution model and I had that type of um, exposure out there, I would probably change my tune after this, where if I was giving companies like this, those types of terms and those types of dollars, I would require them to show me their financials every month. Uh, you want these types of terms and I'm going to carry you for X amount of dollars. Part of the deal is I see your financials. And if you don't want me to see your financials, then you pay in 30 days and let's move on. Um, but again, 2020, armchair quarterback, a totally different story, right? It, this has happened. So the unsecured creditors may or may not be made whole, depending on what happens in the chapter 11 uh, filings, if the other stores get um, acquired, if they had um, um, something in their invoicing where it said the property is still the ownership of the distribution company until which time they are paid. You know, that was something that we did um, when I was a distributor, as it said, property is, a, you know, of Zeus and company until paid for. Um, and so they're, again, not knowing what they do, how they operate, um, what their agreements are. But all the other unsecured debtors below that, um, you know, they may be taken out completely. Who knows? Um, who, who knows? And again, without getting in, getting and knowing all the details of the filings and the responses of the filings, the bankruptcy trustee um, and their decisions on how to uh, either liquidate the stores, as, as now we found out. There may be someone who wants to acquire the Texas stores, and there may be someone that wants to buy the East Coast stores. There may be some backroom dealings to try to make these distributors whole, because at the end of the day, these retailers, whether they are acquired and or if the current stores stay under the branded names, they're going to have to buy products from these people, right? So um, there's got to be something that's, uh, that's done to at least recoup some of it, I would assume. Um, and if they do end up holding a big sale, I don't know what the, I don't know what the secured creditors are, right? Those are, they're going to come first, first in line. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you see as an opportunity with what's happening? Is there an opportunity? You know, I, I was talking to uh, a good friend of mine and someone else who's been in the space for a while yesterday about this. And um, I think the opportunity is um, learning from this, both as a distributor, as a retailer, um, as a brand who sells into stores, um, who doesn't use a distributor, uh, like the, the three that you had mentioned, um, the exposure they may have by working with, and again, for a small manufacturer, a smaller brand who may sell directly into a store, if they lose you know, a, a chain account of seven or eight stores and they're owed $20,000, $30,000, may not seem a lot to some of these bigger distributors, but to a smaller manufacturer, that can hurt them, right? So I, I think there's a learning opportunity there for all of us on, on, your, on your receivables, right? And making sure you're getting paid um, and making sure who you're selling to is credit worthy. Um, uh, I guess, but you know, that's, that's in any industry, not just this industry. Um, and I think that's what we can walk away from this is I'd love to know how and why, right. With that many stores. And was it a few of the, was it some of the stores are making all the money and the other stores are not even breaking even. And so it was kind of that Peter to pay Paul, 
type yeah. situation, which I saw with you know another group of of retailers. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. oftentimes the legacy stores, the yeah. original stores, are the ones that are just generating real revenue because they've been there. They're they're strong in the community. Um, their employees are are long term employees, and then it's all of a sudden you start acquiring, and those stores just never catch up, or maybe a few do. So you know, there's that. Um, other learning, other learnings from this. I um, I think it's bigger than just th- this entity, right? I think it's the mm-hmm. economy. I think it's the economy, right? And everything costing us more money. What is currently happening in the industry with Wolfgang growing really fast, right? They're acquiring, acquiring. Yeah. And then there's other franchises. But, but Wolfgang, Wolfgang is not acquiring. No, you're right. They are Wolfgang not is opening fr- opening right. franchises, so they're getting franchisees. Um, and they had really knowing the, the the people that were there and the people that are there. Um, prior ownership really ran the business to generate mm-hmm. revenue per square foot for every one of his franchisees. Um, the new group that's in there understand franchising and yeah. they understand what needs to happen. They are not acquiring. They're very, very um, hands-on building out the stores to make sure that the build out of the stores are at a much reduced cost compared to some other people. Yeah, and that's actually where I was headed. They're taking a different uh, path than what Independent Pet was doing. How do you think this environment's going to impact them? I actually don't, I I think actually it may benefit the likes of a Wolfgang in that if someone wants to get into the pet space, be an owner operator of a smaller footprint store than Mm -hmm some of the, the, the stores that are in trouble today um, with the help of how Wolfgang is doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may be benefited by, by saying, you know what, I can lean on someone for all this expertise instead of me doing it myself. Right. Um, and so um, I, think Wolf, I think Wolfgang's doing it right. If you're floating above and looking down on the pet industry, how do you see the future of this? Uh... Well, I, I, I think regardless of, of whether or not this had happened, I think anyone that's in the pet space and even outside the pet space, other industries are seeing just the online growth. Everyone has, uh, everyone is online. You're utilizing Amazon. If you're selling through Chewy, if you're selling on eBay, if you're selling wherever, um, it's hard it's hard to compete when you've got to have a lot of employees and you've got to pay healthcare and you've got to pay this and you've got to pay that. It's hard to have a brick and mortar store. And I think there's a, a bigger impact on a brick and mortar store with all the increased costs. I, I just can't see, I just can't see um, how it doesn't impact them. Now, that being said, I spoke to someone this morning before I kind of blew you off for 15 minutes, I guess, based, <laughs> based on my calendar or lack of, who said they, they were out on the East Coast and the retailers are just doing great. Um, but again, that's an opinion. That's an opinion. They're not looking at their books. 
They're not looking at whether or not that owner has cashed their own paycheck for the last six months, right? Yeah. So um, I always, I always, you know, question what does great mean? Um, because no one wants to say, hey, I'm doing lousy, right? I, I haven't been able to sleep for the past month. I haven't been able to figure out how to pay these bills. Um, no, that's a scary thing to admit. And, you know, and also uh, if, if you're not posturing, <laughs> Yeah. you may you may be looked down upon so it's right. it's kind of it's a sad place to be but if you are open to having conversations you may be able to get some help where you need it and yeah I, I, a little I, bit yeah putting yourself humble, yeah being a little humble and, and figuring it out you know there was a um you know there's another thing that it comes to mind is um those that expanded too quickly and didn't take into account basic business 101. You know, I, and I think you've heard me talk about this when we were talking about another, another project you and I are working on. You know, um, think about the pyramids that have been around 5,000 years. If it didn't have a solid base, you'd never get to the top. And I think that's what happens when we start growing too quickly without having the basics in place. And again, this is no... Um, no description of what's happening. I just think in general in business. So, you know, your, your podcast is about business, et cetera. So outside of that, I think it's important to have the, the base really solid, right? So um, if you've got a solid base and, and something happens, you can kind of, you can, you can, you can sway. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and you can, you can fix things, but if you don't have a solid base, it's difficult to recoup on stuff. And don't get me wrong. I've made plenty of mistakes in my, in my, you know, I've been around 56 years going on 57 if I make it that next month, but, um, you know, but, uh, I, we have I the end of February, you better make it. But yeah, right. I better make it. <laughs> There's a lot of companies depending on me right now. Um, but, um, yeah, I made plenty of mistakes and, you know, we learn from them and we try to learn from them, but, uh, yeah. And, and this may not even be a mistake. You know, this just may be the, the planets didn't align and shit happened. Shit happens. It's sad. What, I, what I'm what i sad about is the consumers. They're going to be lo losing out uh, on local businesses, opportunities to be able to run in, buy stuff. And unless, their, um, yeah, unless they're acquired, right? Unless they're acquired or most of them are acquired, which I hope happens because you're also talking employees. Think about how many employees are impacted by this, right? So- yeah. Yes, it's sad for the industry, sad for the employees, um, sad for the community, and sad for ownership. Period. It's 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 sad for ownership, right? It's not they. It's not like they went into this thinking, oh, we're going to open these stores and then close them, right? So, um, I, I think it's um, it's across the board devastating. But uh, I would love the industry to always remember that sales solve sins, and if we don't have the sales. And if we don't teach the staff, if we don't teach the employees how to make those sales, how to connect with the consumers, how to actually make that happen and be consistent about it, you're not going to have the sales and people are going to go online. E-commerce will, will take over because yeah. Googling is easy. It may not be accurate, but damn, it's easy. Yeah. And yeah. assumptions are made. So sales solves right. revenue, revenue solves a lot of problems. It just does, right? Yeah. 
you got to have revenue. You've got to reduce your overhead. You got to reduce anything you possibly can that doesn't make sense. ROI, you know, as you know, I work with a lot of startups and I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and they just think money grows on trees. Not all of them. They think money grows on trees and they spend money because it's the next shiny object. Oh my God, I heard so-and-so if I give them $6,000 and they do, you know, a podcast for me, I'm using that as an example because we're on one now. But um, by the way, if anyone out there wants to pay Taz $6,000, uh, we can come out here and, and do a show. Um, I'll take it and I will promote your brand if it's worth my, if it's worthwhile though. Exactly. You have to give me a right. lot to work with. <laughs> right. But um and, and they lose sight of the fact that if you're not able to get return on your investment, and it doesn't mean it happens all the time. I've made plenty of mistakes where we think we're going to get some return on something. We spend a couple thousand dollars and realize it ain't worth it. So we don't do it. But then we get smarter and smarter as we learn and as we go through these experiences. Um, the problem about the next shiny object is um, you're not building your base. Yeah. You know, so I... Uh, Notice how I go back to that pyramid base, right? Um, yeah. And I don't know. I think, I think, uh, like you said, education, training your employees, um, trying to keep your, try to keep your good employees because mm -hmm. they are the salt of the earth. If you have good employees, keep them. David, you want to leave off, leave us off with anything? Um, no, I think everyone, you know, stay healthy. Look, look, um, look forward to Global Pet if you are in the pet space and you're going to be in uh, Florida and Orlando in March. Um, stop by, say hello at the Mutt Gut Culture Club booth and a few other booths that I will be at. Um, but yeah, no, that's it. That's cool. it. Thanks for doing this, David. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Taz. Sorry I was late. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. Don't, hold, don't hold it against me. Never.